let's rock. <laughs> it's Wednesday, November 16th, and I'm Uncle Timmy Bounce Back, the name dropper. We've got so much to talk about today. I'm with Kat, LJ, and today's guest is Nate Boyer. I want to thank 24 Carat Champagne. Look, it lights up. It's got flakes, athletic greens, and Nate is our first guest ever to pass on beer, vodka, tequila, any booze, but he's drinking an athletic greens before his two-hour and 45-minute workout. And, of course, we got to thank Chad and Rob for letting us do the show here at State Social House. So... We have so name droppers because we're going to get to it. I mean, first of all, making a movie is impossible, and I can't wait. It's impossible. In this day and age, it's more impossible than ever, especially with COVID. So in order to make it in the entertainment industry, you got to know somebody. Someone has to put their neck on the line for you. Somebody has to, like, validate you. It's almost like real-life blue check mark on Instagram, <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. And I'm, like, a sucker for it all the time. Like, she laughs. She said we should just name the show Name Drop because all you do is name drop 30 people that you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it does advance you. It does advance you. But before we get to the movie, we'll start with you were in the military service, right? Yeah. And uh, was that a- was after football or before football? Before like- football, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, grew up, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay um, in a town called el cerrito most of my life there i I mean i've lived in a lot of different places uh, a few different places in the bay as well but uh, el cerrito which is right between berkeley and richmond so i grew up big 49ers fan right on um you know my teams were niners giants uh warriors cal you know back (laughs) title town yeah yeah. well i don't know about cal uh, (laughs) um but yeah you know and so that i played soccer first and then i played little league and then i played basketball i played all these other sports and i didn't play never played football growing up so it was like a huge regret of mine that i didn't play um and it wasn't something that happened right away after high school obviously uh i moved down to san diego worked on a fishing boat for a while moved up here with an interest in film and tv mm-hmm. took some acting classes thought about film school the 9-11 happened when i was 20 didn't join the military right away either. I'm kind of a late bloomer. I'm like slow to commit to something, but once I do, I'm all in, you know? Got it. Eventually joined the military, uh, became a Green Beret, was in for a total of about 10 years, first half of it on active duty, the second half in the Texas National Guard while I went to UT, walked onto the football team, playing for the first time then, um, and then found myself uh, long snapping as a way to get on the field because I was having trouble getting on as a, I walked on as a safety and just making that, oh, okay. you know, making you that jump to join a football team. If you've never played football. Before. I like, I, like, like I was just alluding to, you know, I just regretted not okay. doing it when I was young. It was my favorite sport. I mean, I grew up with the Niners dynasty of Montana rice, Roger Craig, uh, Ronnie lot. They were the best. I mean, yeah. they won five super bowl. The first one was the year I was born. And then they won four more that I remember after that in my, you know, from when I was about, I don't know, four years old till, uh, the last one I was probably 12 or so when they won. And so that was just my, you know, or my memory of greatness because back then the Warriors weren't very good. The Giants were okay, but it was football. Oh, yeah. Didn't they win three in a row at one point? I think they won. No, they won. They might have won. They definitely won back to back. I think yeah, yeah. And they might have won three out of four years. I don't know exactly. I don't want to screw that up, but. They, you know, they, they were, were they had a good run. Yeah. You know, was, they, was it the Bill Walsh offense? Like, did yeah. he create that slow? It was Walsh and then uh, Seifert. 
Yeah, George Seifert. But yeah, it was a West Coast offense. They we're, we're dating yeah. ourselves, man. Like Tech yeah. Mobile. It's all right. Not John Madden care. football. We're talking Tech Mobile, Chad. Hey, they won. You know, they won. That 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 team, those guys are five and zero. Oh. They've they've been to two more since then. You know, in recent years, um, and lost in the Super Bowl, but they got back. So we're, you know, I mean, I, I'm happy with where the Niners are at now. They're competing again because we, after that, after Steve Young, we we sucked for about 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, we got so much to talk about. Well, we had you had Copper, Kaepernick did take you to the he Super did. Bowl. Yeah, he did. We're, we're gonna get back. To, we're gonna tie it all in. We're gonna tie it all in. So I have to ask you. So you're a safety. Yeah. Do you learn long snapping because you were smart enough to know that if I can master this position, I can harness a slot on the team? Or did his coach come up to you and say, "Hey, man, I, I you know, you got a good work ethic. We want to keep you here. Can you long snap?" Um, no, the way it happened, actually, it was first pitched to me before I even walked on by somebody that was helping train me okay. for that opportunity. Uh, so I was stationed in Colorado Springs uh, with 10 special forces group and right next to the base is the Olympic training center. And so they, we had the opportunity to train at this place called national strength and conditioning association, the NSCA, incredible facilities. Um, and a lot of former collegiate strength coaches were there. I went in there after I, I came back from Iraq in, in early 09 and I still had, you know, almost a year left on my contract in the military. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to try and do this football thing, I'm going to start training now. I'm going to start training here with these coaches. And, you know, I was starting to Olympic lift and putting on some weight, learning how to backpedal and run routes and do all the football stuff that, you know, with my size, I was like, I'm, I'm either going to be a DB or a receiver. I'm yeah, yeah. not the size of be anything else. But I'm not I'm not particularly fast as compared to those those guys. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember a coach being like, "Have you thought about long snapping?" And in my mind, I'm like, "No, what are you talking about? I'm gonna go, you know, play this other position." So, uh, and I was like, "I'm not big enough." And he's like, "In college, you don't really have to be that big to long snap. In the NFL, you, you do have to be bigger, but different rules. You should you should think about it." And I just didn't. Until my sophomore year in college, and then I was like, "Hmm, it's like, you know what? He was right all along." You know, it turns out I can't keep up with these freak athletes. Yeah, you know? they're, so, they're, so I started long standing out of out of just a, a. I mean, once I was on the team, I was glad to be on the team. I was grateful, but being on the scout team is only so much fun. You know, getting run over. Oh yeah, every day uh, over scout and over. Teams like the practice squad, right? Exactly. And we got to dress out for home games and, you know, something really cool I got to do for all the home games was lead the team out of the tunnel Oh yeah, with the American flag and like this whole thing, but I wasn't playing. But how many people? I mean, that stadium is insane, right? hundred Yeah, back then it was 101,000. It's bigger I mean, come now. come on. That's, that yeah. alone oh, is a massive privilege. Yeah. It I is. Mean, it is. Oh, it was. I'm so grateful and honored to be a part of that and do that. But I still wanted to play. I yeah. was like, I, I want to get on the field. That's McConaughey why McConaughey was here. loving you, dude. McConaughey, he was hooking horns, dude. He was loving yeah. you. He's oh, like, man, no. Did, did you uh, did long snapping come easy to you? Did you have to put a lot of work into it? You're like, I, I kind of got this thing down. Definitely not easy. Um, but I will say that learning the long snap of football to me was in some ways similar to learning to shoot a pistol because I hadn't really shot guns before i joined the military uh i'd done it a little bit you know mm -hmm. my, my dad grew up in southern oregon he likes to hunt and so i i'd done it a few times but didn't have that experience i don't know if i'd ever shot a handgun um but from the grip to the stance to the trigger squeeze to the front sight picture when you're when you're presenting the, the weapon out and like getting your, your target all those little pieces of focus and like 
doing one little piece of that puzzle at a time and perfecting that till you move on to the next and then putting it all together, kind of like long snapping. And yeah. it's the same every time in the sense of like the world around you is different. You know, it's a different distance of the snap sometimes. It's obviously, it's a different time in the game, different situation, but like it's a closed skill, like a free throw in yeah. the sense yeah. that it's this, it should be the same every time. And if you can master that movement, you don't have to be a great athlete. You, so you it's a lot be, of little things. Yeah, a lot of little things. And you have to be mechanically sound. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever blow uh, a snap? I didn't. I I probably had close to 500 snaps in my career and never had a bad snap. It's, a very, it's a very interesting thing because you see kickers yeah. who miss field goals that get slaughtered. If you blow a fucking long snap, you're fucking done. You're done. Yeah. And then here's the other funny thing. Not only have to snap the ball, there's a dude that wants to fucking kill you in the punter. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> you got to block. You got to immediately transition from, you know, follow through to like block. You know, yeah. get, get in the way pretty much. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I definitely had plenty of snaps that weren't perfect. We'll say that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so I would cons I would consider those bad, but I didn't. I never, never bounced one back or threw it over the punter's head or, you know, caused a. A, a kick was never blocked because of my snap. And so I'm very proud of that. Okay. But I also, I always had a great, I had athletic punters that made some good, made some good catches back there. Oh yeah. Saved me. Oh, failed yeah. me. I like it. You know, a, you... a holder that had it, had it together enough to like get those laces out, you know? So <laughs> laces out. What was hey. it? Ace, Ace Ventura. Exactly. You build the rapport with those guys, including the guys next to you that have to help you block that are 300 pounds. Oh. And they, they, they care enough about you to want to help out. Like that's what you need to do. You know, hey, it, did that translate into the NFL too? You were a long snapper in the NFL? Yeah, briefly, briefly. I only played in one game. Um, I just to get that shot was, very fortunate. I mean, I was 34 years old. I was heavier than I am now, but mm. I mean, I obviously wasn't taller. Um, so I'm not that big. And in the NFL, the rules are different in the sense of in college, you're a free releaser. So you can snap it. You don't have to wait for the ball to be kicked. You can just be a gunner, run down, try to cause a fair catch or make a tackle. In the NFL, you can't cross the line of scrimmage until it's punted. So you have to block. Uh, and I did not know it's that. It's just a different rule. There's no shield. Like in college, I have a three-man shield. So like you snap it between the shield and then those three guys are seven yards behind the ball. They can block any guys coming up to block the punt. And in the NFL, you can only have one guy back there. I can't wait to watch Thursday night football. It's different. I, yeah. I actually, yeah, I know that actually not. makes sense to me. Yeah, I want to know. So the snaps have to be faster, more accurate. And beyond that, those long snapper has blocking responsibilities that they don't necessarily have in college. Okay. Okay. But you got to tell us then what in, in your memory was like your best long snap game changer Fucking, you sacked somebody or something, like whatever it is. Um, I only, honestly, I only had one solo tackle. Um, <laughs> we caused a lot of fair catches. A, B, like I said, I'm not a great athlete. Um, but also, it was, uh, you know, it was like you've got some incredible gunners on your team. And, you know, I think we gave up in my three years starting at Texas, I, we did give up one, I think just one punt return touchdown against West Virginia. I don't know if you remember. Uh, Oh, what was that guy? He played for the Rams for a bit, I think. Um, not Stedman Bailey, the other guy. I got uh, It's going to drive me insane because we can Google their, it. Their former head coach at West Virginia, Dana Holgerson, is my guy, <laughs> and he'll kill me for not knowing that. But uh, anyway, uh, at we played UCLA actually in Cowboy Stadium, mm. and uh, I tackled the. I, I got the my new first Cowboy solo Stadium tackle there. Yeah. Yeah, the new one. Oh yeah, man, like I've a, never been. It hurts insane. No, not a bowl game, just a regular season game. It was, it was. Just, they do neutral site games sometimes when yeah. it's like a big, bigger one with its out of conference rival, you know, or not even a rival, but an out of conference game. So UCLA came out and we played there, and 
we lost, but I did make a solo tackle. All right. Point. So then, so we've got all this happening. Yeah. D1, your Seattle Seahawks. Now you're coming back here for acting. Well, you, we go in the military, yeah. which I'll get to, cause I want to kind of incorporate that. Like why the army, yeah. why the green beret? I love the fact that the Marines and the army kind of fuck around with the air force. And like, I got to know if all that shit's real. Fuck it. I just have oh, to yeah. say it. It's Thank good. you for your service. <laughs> I fucking loved it because I say it, and I'm like, I want to stop saying it. You no, know, I want no. to. I'm gonna. You know, not I'm, offensive if it's in t- if it's uh, if it's genuine. You know what I mean? And it's never it's never offensive. It's just I think sometimes it feels as vets that people sometimes not always just say it out of uh, obligation. Yes. You know what I mean? Instead of actually, and you can tell the difference. Like you when you watch the movie to know what we're talking about. Yeah, I yeah, love it. Yeah, I go, I'm the, I go, I'm that fucking guy. Remember the Marines from Camp Pendleton? I'm like, thank you for your service. Let's do fucking shots. They're like, rocket uncle too. I'm like, no, you know what I want to say from now on? Well, they appreciate the shots. That's the best way to thank oh, them. My bar bill was a thousand dollars. It was bonkers. I mean, but it was like, you know, those six guys are 21, 22. They got a weekend off. They're right. down. In San Diego, they're like, fuck it, we're going up to LA. The one dude recognized me from the podcast. He's like, I'm I'm known as Timmy Bounce Back through Bob Menery, and I'm known as Uncle Tim through Steve Will Do It, which is like young YouTubers and stuff. So they're like, let me get a picture, man. I'm like, I've right. never seen anything like it before. Yeah. In my entire life. And I, they were great kids. And they are like it was super tight. It was there Saturday too. Yeah, you know, and, and I just and then like I like the busting of the balls, like I, Army's dumb, Marine Corps tough, Air Force is weak. I know, I know it's, I know it's all goofing Marine around. Corps, Marine Corps is filthy. They're, <laughs> the dirtiest. They're the dumbest. They don't have to take the ASVAB. <laughs> don't argue with me. You know it's true. So why did you pick Army? I mean, you, when you think in military, like what, what made you go? Be, I wanted to be a Green Beret, and that's in the Army. Right. You know, I, I but that's I read, Special Forces. That's Special Forces. Yeah, I read about the. I found out what their their motto is: "De oppresso liber," is Latin for "to free the oppressed." And it just was a really cool motto. Also, their mission, it's unconventional warfare. You go to Iraq and Afghanistan like I did. You're training, living with often, and fighting alongside Iraqi and Afghan special operations soldiers, which they don't have the same resources as us, obviously. They don't have the same training, you know, the education. There's all these limiting factors, and they don't have the resources. But most of those, those people really care about their country. They want to... They were trying to do what we were trying to do, which is, you know, bring them into the 21st century. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, honestly, like uh, get rid of the wrist rockets, yeah, the bow and arrows and get a gun. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. kidding, I'm no, kidding. No, no. But I mean, like, you know, more more on the de- the, the democracy side of things, you know, and, 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 and actual equality and freedoms and all these things that we are fighting for. And granted, like America is not perfect. Like we're you know, we're we're a mess in our own right. But when you put some perspective there and look at what we have and the opportunities that we have and how a lot of people in places like that look up to us. I just wanted to make sure when I was deploying that I was alongside those people. I, I'd done a little bit of relief work in the Darfur prior to that. And I, I was just very motivated to, um, to know that the, the difference I was at least trying to make would, I'd be able to see it firsthand and like, you know, be able to uh, work alongside those people and make sure it's not just, we're coming here just doing this thing and then you don't really see if people are on board or not you know uh when you complicated i I have a buddy that was in the marine corps he's a colonel at the pentagon his name is colonel steve grzynski and i think he spent 16 years overseas in the middle east 
But the one thing when he came back, he couldn't believe how soft Americans are. Oh, like yeah, his saying. daughter is complaining about <laughs> shit. Like he's like, I was shitting in sand for 16 fucking years. And you know, you want to ride to the movies and you're, and you're going crazy and your mom, I mean, he kids about it now, but I mean, yeah. it did bother him a little yeah. bit, you know, it took him a minute to adjust, you know, plus he misses his kids. So he comes back, his kids are adults now. He misses yeah. all that kind of stuff. I mean, you get to come back a little bit, but that's what I kind of identified and we'll get to all that, but I want to also talk about, well, no, I mean, it's interesting just because like I, I was that person too, before I went over there, you know, before I deployed and then I come back and it's easy to get comfortable again. Cause it yeah. is, it is nice here. And so like I get, I get soft every softer every day. I'm not over there. It's just the reality. <laughs> that's it. Dude. He was crazy. I used to, I, I love him to death, but you said Marines are filthy. Uh, I, my, my brother-in-law, they know they are. Uh, we're playing darts. We're in like West Wild, and I am beating the shit out of the colonel in darts. And I can talk massive shit. <laughs> and I'm like, Colonel, what the fuck, dude? You know, you can you hit the side of a fucking barn? And he's like, one more word out of you. And I'm like, what are you gonna do? And he throws a fucking dart through my foot. It's the only dart he hit all fucking day. And my brother-in-law is like, holy shit! And he's like, I told you. I go, you've been fucking soft playing me all day unreal i was like Pfft. i'm like all right i'm cool i surrender i'm gonna go take a long walk on the beach oh <laughs> uh-huh. unreal colonel so i saw that you were in um i love the mayans oh yeah and mayans is the, the who is the creator he did sons of anarchy too uh kurt sutter yeah wait what year did you come to la 2016 well i came here in 2015 uh after after i graduated and met jay at unbreakable started training and then jay jay helped train me also get my agent and that opportunity in seattle a lot of oh he's the best yeah he really is so i came here then then i went to seattle and then i came back here uh i guess end of 2015 but so really 2016 is when i started like got back into acting classes you were getting auditions and stuff yeah i'm curious who'd you study with classes do you want to say i mean i don't want well so i i had a year of gi bill left and I took uh, classes at the uh, Strasburg Institute down oh, on, uh, right on Santa Monica and uh, right near Fairfax, you yeah. know. Um, so I took classes there. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, that's that's where I took classes. I, I, now, um, over the last few years, developed a, a good relationship with a guy named Anthony Gilardi. He's like got a, a professional like yeah, a coach. Yeah, yeah he's got a studio to. down on uh, Melrose. He's amazing. He works with, and he's worked with a lot of veterans and just a lot of, um, his classes are super diverse. Like I noticed some other classes, it's like, it's a bunch of white girls and white guys, you know, sitting around and that's all good. But it's like, I don't know. I wanted to kind of mix it up with different, you know, with different groups. And and then he was like, Nate, let's do something with, with vets and people that have never had a chance to, or thought that they would never use the arts to kind of get some of that stuff out. So yeah. anyway, and how, dude, how, how barbaric is auditioning? It's the worst. Dude, it's the worst. I hate it. <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I didn't want to say they like yeah, it. They're full no. of shit. I mean, when you crush it and you come out and you know you delivered and everyone's heads are down, but like when you're in those offices, you can hear everyone's fucking auditions. Mm-hmm. You well, know, dude, it's like, what? I mean, I have, that doesn't even, that doesn't, that's never going to happen again, by the way. You know no. what I mean? Tell me about it, dude. Then, I haven't booked the job. No, I'm you. saying in-person auditions. <laughs> but he hates. I hate self-tapes, dude. Books. I have a great call. I just, I no, it's, well, the time. I, I think it's a time. What's it's what I time. what I it's can't money. stand is the time-consuming. Like it takes, yeah, and and if, if especially if you have your paying for stuff too. But I'm, I usually just do it on my phone with a friend, you know. But yeah. still, it's like to learn the material to to do it, and then there's a hundred other people that are putting in a tape too, and 
you, you put in all this time and energy and effort and most of the time you never hear back so I just don't. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't auditioned for anything in a, in like well. A, listen, you're, over you're, you're a year, gonna, you're going to set me on fire right now. So, first of all, we're fucking talent, dude. I've been in a lot of TV shows, a bazillion commercials, and movies. Our job is to project a character. That's our job. Right. We're fucking talent. Now you want me to do sound, lighting? I li I have no natural light. There's a dog barking. It's so now I have to. You're putting all this other pressure on me, right? Then any fucking guy in the world can do it. So now they're getting 180,000 submissions when before you were an you had an agent and you knew like if you had an agent that was a big deal. You were getting into rooms. Then my final thought on this: when I'm in the room. I know I'm being seen. Like I know that I'm being seen for better or for worse. If I and sometimes I would fucking shit the bed and still book it because it was different. Whatever. Now I do them. I get nothing. I get no. I well NCIS pinned me or gave me a callback, but I was in Philly at the World Series. I had like six <laughs> beers and I was like, stick them up. And they're like, I'm not getting this fucking job. <laughs> you know, book. You know the old book a true uh, boys a book a flight, book a job. Yep. But. I, I got really upset this year, and I have to just accept what you said. It's never going back to in-person auditions, and next year I just have to accept it, and just I, I just have to move forward because that's just the way it is. The game has changed, dude. I used to love cleaning up my look, getting in my car, playing some tunes, or if it was a lot, like listening to on Bluetooth. You're yeah. running your lines, getting in there. You see all the same guys. You get some butterflies a little bit. You go in there and you do your dance. And if you crush it, you're like, it's a high, a high. I mean, sometimes you fuck it up and you're driving home reciting the lines like, you fucking asshole. Fucking asshole. Do you experience this, Nate? No, not at all. <laughs> you know it's true. You know it's true. You, you get mad at yourself. You're like, fuck, dude, blew a fucking line. <laughs> I digress. I digress. All right, forget about the auditioning. So making a fucking Tim's never auditioning again. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I mean, I just I had an in-person audition. I got you got me fired up here for Hilton, and you know commercials. You make a lot of money, I, dude. I'm I can retire at 15, right. and I get a pension like a SAG after guild. Like most Hollywood actors, even the young guys I see, they're like, I don't want retirement. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm proud. I'm a real life Hollywood actor that's got health insurance. And I'm going to collect retirement. Like, that's a victory for me. Right? The young bucks are like, fuck that. I'm going to be a star. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a fucking dad on a Hilton commercial that I hope runs two cycles. So it was an in-person audition. I get the call back. I feel good on the call back. And I get pinned. So I'm like thinking I got it. But that was Thursday. It's all seven. You know I should have heard. And, you, and the other thing that sucks is they don't tell you you don't have it. No, you no, just, just never hear again. You never hear again. That's it. It's like you suck. See you later. Even through your agent, I mean, there's they, that. That's their thing. They never call with bad news. Never, never. Even if you email them, like, as far well, as I know, you're still on hold. Yeah, as far as I know. But any rate, uh, you know. Um, let's talk about making movies because everyone I know that have made movies. Is this your first one? First one I directed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They say it's like the it consumes your what life. What did you do before uh, produce? I had produced something okay. before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. It's it does consume your life. And it how is. many years did it take? Two, two years. I mean, if you count the first draft of the first script, I guess four. You know, if you count that. And how this many is times in the pandemic too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Now, now watch this. 
from the first draft to the final draft, how many reversions? So have you ever heard this story about Goodwill Hunting, by the way? Yeah. Which one? Go ahead. The, the first draft of Goodwill Hunting, uh, Will goes to space. No <laughs> way. Oh, yeah. It's a very different movie than what they came up with. But, you know, I think, I I know think Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had some really good, smart uh, friends in the industry because they were already, you know, working actors. Working yeah, who was a the producer? Christopher? It was another. I, I, I know Gus Van Sant directed. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. But I, I know Kevin Smith was a part of this process, okay. you know, because it's a Miramax movie. Um, I don't know if he has a producing credit on it, but from the story I heard was that Kevin uh, had been one of these people that read it and was like, okay, <laughs> there's some good stuff in here. And they're like, what's most interesting to me is the relationship between the therapist and Will. If that is the backbone of your story, I think you're in the, you're in a good place. Yeah. But right now yeah. it's, it's just the Star Wars part. Ooh, I'm yeah, not yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, how so you? it's just a very different, and, and that's kind of how MV, MVP, not at that level, but like our first draft, uh, it's funny because it's based on the genesis of, you know, an organization, a, a charity called merging vets and players. We bring together combat vets, former professional athletes, and we help them find purpose and identity when they lose a uniform. Right. And how it started was, Jay Glazer and I, back in 2015, uh, late 2015, uh, after I got cut from Seattle, he was like, hey, I know where you're at right now. I know you're thinking about going back into the military, but what you need to do, what you should do is help the people that are in your situation right now because there's veterans that feel that way. There's athletes that feel that way that have lost the locker room, lost that uniform and feel sort of lost, you know, to be to lack of a, lack of a better word. Um, and so I went down to this, uh, that like, the next week, I, I was invited to come down to this veterans homeless shelter that's on Sunset Boulevard. It's the one we shoot at in the movie. It's a real location. Oh, is it the it's Legion real, real too? The Legion is real too. Yeah. Ooh, Can I go to the Legion? Yeah, looks- you, uh, I'll take you. Okay. <laughs> I, I do want to go to that. Right, I was right. like, that was the only bar. I'm like, what the fuck? Is that real? It's at every dude. bar in yeah. like Southern California. I'm like, yeah. I got to Have I driven by that? That's on Highland right next to the Hollywood Bowl. You know? Get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this historic building. It's really cool. That was the one that yeah. got past me. Yeah. So, so. That's the one. That's the only one. Uh, yeah, he's like, Poppy. So that, that, that sh- I went down to that, to that shelter. It's called the Hollywood Veterans Center. It's unfortunately closed now. Uh, COVID closed it down. Uh, they'd lost funding and all that. But I went there um, and met some of these vets and invited them up to the gym. They came up and then Jay brought people like Tony Gonzalez and Randy Couture into the gym. And we started training together and then just kind of bullshitting afterwards and very organic conversation came from that and a lot of these guys were sharing stuff they hadn't before yeah yeah including some of the athletes and that's how mvp started so the movies about how that all started well the original draft i wrote i co-wrote it with a buddy of mine who's a a veteran uh, who fought in the uk military and he's he writes novels and like military memoirs and stuff like that and you know he was trying to make something we were trying to make something that was a little more exciting you know because we thought oh our story's not enough we need to like there needs to be more action and all that. So we wrote this, you know, the story that that's part of it, this veteran and athlete meeting each other and kind of helping each other through stuff. But then it turns into, you know, there's a bit of a manhunt around town and like there's drugs involved and all this stuff. Same notes from like people, they're reading it. They're like, just tell the MVP story. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you, why is it, why are they, you don't need We're getting this. back. We're getting the uniforms back on sunset. Yeah, exactly. We're getting Chad. We know what Ch- Chad's hiding out in the dome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It became this. Yeah. It, and, and they were right. And it's just, we were just trying to, it's funny because it's a great message. I think for 
anybody and any story is like knowing that you are enough your story is enough you're interesting enough yeah. it's a great lesson for an actor you know like yeah. you don't need to add all this stuff just nope. be yourself um but same with the story it was like people were like no no no. what's interesting is mvp i don't care about this other stuff i yeah. just want to learn about i want to know about mvp and then from there we were like all right well then if we're going to do that let's make it super authentic where every vet you see on screen is played by an actual veteran which is true wow uh, every single one even the dad from the wonder years i blew me away vietnam veteran yeah wow. so every single one is a vet awesome. and then all those athletes um, most of them are playing themselves some of those actors playing athletes are not, not former great athletes, camera. he's mean, great the camera loves that guy yeah <laughs> but that's his that's his truth that's his real story he's telling you know like he's on there I, there's a script scripted you know version of that but he's and he's and he memorized it he's such a professional he showed up and he was like he had it word for word and i'm like dude just tell your story don't worry about the script it's the best way because yeah. and he's i love know, that you said I'm that like, and he's obviously very interesting and he like he is more than enough <laughs> you know what i mean like you said i mean he's 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 uh camera loves him but also he's got that voice and that gravitas and then when he is speaking from a genuine place people are like wow like this guy who has it all and he you know or seemingly i'm you know still vulnerable still felt um this feeling of emptiness and you know i've lost my greatness and i've peaked and uh that's a scary you know scary thing for someone like that even with all the the doors that are open and you know he knew the day he retired he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer everybody yeah, knew that yeah. you know but it's, still it's finding your purpose your new purpose it's tough because think about it like how long were you in the service for again 10 years yeah and then these football players like athletes if if they're great have been an athlete since they were like 10 yeah you know yeah, like six. They, you sacrifice <laughs> everything for well, well and that's all they want to do that's yeah. uh, that's yeah. that's it and, and then you retire at such a young age where yeah you're like what i have the rest of my life the average the average nfl career is three years yeah. you know that's so you're 20 you're 25 26 yeah. years old and you're never going to play again and you're like i don't know anything else i didn't have a plan b because if i had a plan b i wouldn't have put all my energy into plan a and I wouldn't have made it to as far as I got. All right, I, I, I got so many things. First, we we lost a great comedian by the name of Bob Saget. Uh, I got here in '99. Everyone who I've ever met in Los Angeles has met Bob Saget. Jay Glazer is the new Bob Saget. There's not one person in Southern California that has not met Jay Glazer. Am I right or wrong? Everyone has a story. Like, Probably. Oh, I that guy. Oh, yeah. I was. I saw him with this thing at the dinner thing. Yeah, I yeah, trained yeah. out of his gym. Like you got. You got a bunch of balls. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Everybody knows that guy. Then back to your story, and I was telling Kat this this morning. MVP is a message, you know. And a lot of times, if you're just telling that message, you could kind of like beat it over our heads, and it's like, okay, I get it. But this was done so eloquently that the message came through. Effortly, effortless three, effortlessly through the story, and that was what I was the most impressed by. And I, I don't know who I give the credit to. Like if you if you wrote it, it, it was really really a great movie. I, I, I also have to ask you this, if you if you won't mind telling me, what was the budget? Because I think it's a because I'm telling you, it, lo it looks a little. Yeah. I, I said you had to have at least five million. Mm -hmm. Am I am I out of my because dude, it looked good. The movie looks good. I don't know if we're supposed to say. You know, I don't have to say. Yeah. But it's. Uh, you could say more or less. It's 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 less than ten percent of that. Get out of dodge, dude! No way. Yeah. That's unreal. And and I'll tell you, like when you talked about where to get the credit, like first of all, I'm not just saying this as an athlete on a you know press conference saying the right things. 
gen genuinely the stories the script wrote itself like these people it's their real stories we were transcribing more than writing you okay. know honestly like it was like all right um but then beyond that all these people from from the tony gonzalez and randy couture's and strahan and howie and, and the nfl giving us the shield letting us shoot at the network all that stuff they just were touched by the story of mvp and the organization they were like whatever whatever you need COVID helped us, you know, like the pandemic helped us. And and I, I'm not saying like, I wish for another one of those because it was a pain in the ass for a lot of people and a lot of people died and that sucks. Right. But something that people in the military often do uh, when, you know, we run towards the fire and when there is uh, uh, obstacles, they become opportunities for us. You know Got what it. I mean? Yeah. I could have spoken and, like a true green beret. It's true. I it's put true. 35 pounds on him. My drinking went to another stratosphere. He produced a movie, acted and fucking directed in it. <laughs> moving on no but but I mean, no not moving on because because honestly like that that's how it happened i mean you know here comes the big name drop but stallone put his name on it big because time. of mvp he'd been to uh one of our huddles he'd seen it firsthand he, he met the vets he met the athletes involved and heard their stories and he was like you know what, whatever i can do to help he's like look i don't have a lot of time and you know i whatever i, I got a lot going on but i believe in this i believe in you and what you guys are putting together um and so he you know lent his name and that that goes a long way oh dude i'm from philly you kidding me yeah like dude we have we, we had joe frazier but we have a statue of rocky yeah that's <laughs> you know? true that's true you know who one of my good friends is by the way is vince papali i don't oh, know if you've dude, ever met vince. the best man yeah he made the team they invented you gotta have him on the show at some point Tell vince, is, come vince, on, vince is great yeah he's an electric personality yeah. too everyone loves him he's yeah. a fucking hero he's the best too. Um, didn't he run one he ran one punt back and uh, against the giants i think didn't he yeah i i have to I, I know he was on i know he had a touchdown at least a touchdown when he was on a uh, kickoff team yeah and the guy muffed it and he picked it up and yeah, ran in yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> but but yeah i mean like that with everything being shut down all these people wanting to work because a lot of those other actors um you know not not stallone level names but uh, you'll re you'll see him in a lot of stuff you recognize a lot of those people Real life Hollywood actors. Yeah, they were like, i recognized um uh will, what's his name will phillips oh yeah mo mccray is mo the actor's McCray. name yeah. his wife i've seen in stuff yeah yeah and there's and obviously the wonder years but there's another uh and, and rich Eisen, yeah that's uh, a christina christina ochoa yeah yeah christina ochoa is in uh she's in animal kingdom right now she's been in a ton of things I and mean, she's yeah she's in a lot animal yeah. kingdom him her uh mo uh, is in a ton of stuff. He just directed his first film, actually, that's out right now. Dude, they um, had, had good chemistry. They were you great. Know, all, all the actors had really, really good chemistry. But back to, like, MVP, and I can only speak for guys, but, like, all dudes love to bro out, even on, like, the lowest level. Like, if sure. you three and I sit here and we talk what about the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I know. But when you, get it, when you get it to a level Middle where you're in the military <laughs> or you're a professional athlete, and you're that level of blowing it out where there's sacrifice and just there is a re, it's a real message how do you downshift from that you are on for decades at the highest level eating right keeping your body right just <laughs> i'll drink to that uh so like what guy can't identify to this movie and it was the simplest thing you go work out 
You pump up your endorphins. Who doesn't love gym mentality? I mean, I box. I go. To, I love my gym. I'm the worst boxer in the world, but I love everybody there. It's a vibe. You know, you're, I'm walking up hungover, but when I'm done, the endorphins, you tell a couple jokes, you feel good. So the, it, the message is like, yeah, it's an easy story to tell. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it really it really is an easy story to tell once we believed that it was enough. You know, once we... we had enough people telling us, dude, that's it's stories there. Like we want to see MVP. We want to see, we want to see the first huddle, one of the first huddles, like what that was like. And it's hard to recreate it because it feels like a documentary. The more, the, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, I mean, that's a documentary. And they're like, no, but you, you can do this. You should treat it like a documentary right. and try yeah. to make it as raw as possible. My, my favorite movie is the wrestler. Right. Yeah. And so that was one of my guiding lights with this because the wrestler i feel like super raw with mickey rourke yeah oh yeah it feels very real yeah, you know yeah. what i mean just the way it's shot the way you know so that and then like but also i love friday night lights you know what i mean same yeah. kind of thing the, the film not the tv show no offense i know a lot of people love the tv show but they're very different <laughs> they uh, i like but the movie it feels very real mm -hmm. and you know and and for me i connected to that and i was like this this all these scenes of these characters that's real um and there hasn't been a ton uh, from the veteran side of things that are that are real there's a lot of more war movies you know like saving private ryan's incredible oh i know i was not obviously none of us were around in world war ii but i mean that that you can just feel it you connect with these people even though they're you know it's 80 years ago it feels like that i could have a conversation with this person today and we're, we'd, we'd have everything in common you know what i mean but it's I, all battle not civilian yeah exactly like, yeah. it's yeah. not yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. dude there were so many things from from an from an uninformed civilian novice person that doesn't know anything about war or military. I mean, my dad served in Korea. He was a Marine. He's ninety three. His hate his hate is what keeps him alive. <laughs> he hates himself and he hates everybody else, and he will never die. I love him. Punches slot machines, curses at fucking old ladies. You win, you old back and wind. Um, when you said <laughs> plus the brotherhood between you and mo I, I i bought it i i thought i mean i love the fact that he was pissy drunk we've all been there and i love the fact that you did the right thing and then you didn't take his all that shit resonated. Give away the whole movie. What are you doing? no no wait well, i just give you a little <laughs> teaser no, it's all right, it's all right. i just give you a little but when when he said like did you ever kill anybody and your response was you shouldn't say that is that a real unwritten law like don't ask anybody about war like it's 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 not necessarily about war but that one specifically trigger some people and it's like i've been asked that before and it doesn't really it honestly doesn't trigger me but i know other people it bothers them and it's just uh yeah it's just something like more than that it's been the question's been like how many people it's like like as if a body as if like body count should be like a badge of honor or something where it's like the goal is not to go over there and kill as many people as you can that's yeah. honestly not the goal like that's yeah, not yeah. what we're supposed to be doing there um situations arise and obviously there's moments where you have to i mean you have to do that it's part of that's what's war yeah but that that's just a that's just a tough one for some people and so there was yeah there was kind of meant to be a little bit of a lesson in there like don't ask that question yeah, that's a really good point though because you, know. you always just think like oh i learned the, the lesson war that, to, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's lessons <laughs> to that movie i i'm like Oh, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, well, oh, that's strike one on me. And I'm like, oh, strike two again. I'm I mean, the whole, yeah, the whole goal was just to make every civilian feel like a piece of shit. And know that they... Listen, you're educated. I have to tell you this story because, um, again, there's a lot of military. My sister's husband, Bob's dad, Speedy Sinnott, fought in World War II. And he was a tank operator. And his name was Speedy because he was a runner. 
But when I met him, we, we all, my family's so nuts. We went on like a bus tour of Ireland. Like we wanted to see where my mom's mom was born. So we're in Killarney and all I did, I was like 21. I was just annihilated from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to bed. I'm like farting on the bus, just a disgusting. Pissing yourself. Pissing myself. <laughs> just the worst human, just hitting on Linda O'Leary. Like I could tell you the Irish and English girls don't like me. Canadian women do. Girls in the South dig me. But I, I struck out in Ireland. So the, we go see, what is it called? The uh, what's the What's the famous thing in Killarney? You kiss it. The Blarney, the Blarney Stone? Stone? The Blarney Stone. So we're in Clearney, but the, it, there's all these like sales on sweaters. So the women are going nuts. My cousins, my sister, my mom. And I see Speedster, and he's got a cane, you know. I go, Speedster, what's going on? What are you doing? Which he was one of the most observant guys I'd ever met in my life, by the way. He would just like notice shit. I'm like, what are you? like, he's like, he was like Jason Bourne before Jason Bourne. <laughs> so I go, let's go get a beer. And he's like, no, nah, I'll wait here for the ladies. I go, dude. We're in the motherland, man. Let's just go to a pub. Come in the pub with me. Sit down. So he sits down, and I go, we'll have two Guinness. And he goes, I don't drink beer. And I go, I go what do you drink? He goes, whiskey. I'm like, dude, we're in Ireland. We're going to have Guinness. What? Irish whiskey? Yeah. What do you mean? Sure. I go, we'll do the whiskey, too. <laughs> so they bring, they bring over the Guinness and the whiskey, and he, he sips the beer, and he goes, man, that is really good beer. Like, that's better than American beer. So he has two Guinness. I have two Guinness. His son, Bobby, comes up and he goes, Dad, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, I'm having a beer. He goes, me and the brothers have been trying to get you to drink beer for 25 years. He goes, yeah, but this is good beer, not that American bullshit. <laughs> I became a legend in the Senate family for getting their dad to drink. But as we're talking, I said, I go, what'd you do in World War II? And this is coming from just sheer, dumb youth ignorance and he goes i was a tank operator and of course i go did you see any action he goes one time in germany we ran over a keg of beer coincidentally and it was the most sour beer ever but all me and the guys drank it and that's the most action i've ever seen speedster and i were friends till he died after he died i found out that his tank got hit and everyone died besides him oh, and that's gosh. why his leg was damaged and he wasn't skinny but he never told me that Wow. And it fucking crushed me at the funeral because I I, I, I I don't know what I would have said to him. He was probably protecting me because I was so young. And then my soccer coach, Mr. Maloney, was on the cover of Time magazine as like the greatest sniper of Vietnam, you know. And I'm cursing at him at like in high school, telling him I don't want to do fucking laps. I mean, I was I was maybe the biggest asshole on planet Earth for a long time. I didn't find myself until I was 28. 28 is when I began to go, you're kind of an asshole. you got to turn this around. It's not too late. The movie improved me, man. I'm, I'm more informed. I'm more informed. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. No, that's cool. That's great to hear that those stories, too. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty common. I think across all uh, branches, across all generations. Um, and that's something we try to encourage a lot of these people to do is to tell their story. And of course, like you don't have to tell everything. You don't have to go to that deep, dark place if you don't want to. But if you don't, uh, sometimes your story is going to die with you. You know what I mean? And no one's going to know what you did and what you sacrificed. And it's not even about you. It's about the people that you fought alongside the, the, the other men, for instance, in that tank that didn't make it back. Like that's why 
to us. It's it is important to like share that and tell yeah, a story. Yeah, and obviously, but, he did with somebody, just not you. You know, <laughs> well, you got that right. What was it like, like putting Nate? Your, your instincts are good. We got a real green beret over here. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like putting your director hat on and like directing people that you know and are comfortable with? Oh uh, yeah, that was that was. That was, I mean, I, I'd never directed before, so I can't really compare okay. another situation in directing, but most of the people in it, um, You're close with or yeah, no. I, most of them I did. Yeah. I've known for quite a while. Um, but I mean, even Mo, I only met Mo. Well, I met, we, we were, uh, I had a, a small part in a, a film called Den of Thieves. Yeah, Pablo's um, in that. Yeah. Pablo's in that. He, yeah. Is he, he was hot for a minute. Yeah, that guy he, was he's a good dude, man. I like him. He's a good guy. Uh, but he, you know, Moe's in that film as well. That's where we first met, but we didn't really get to know each other until like a month out of shooting this thing. Hmm. But we got really close. Like we were working, talking every day, working out together, building that rapport and yeah. kind of all that. But then, uh, yeah, some of the actors and actresses, like I hadn't met before in person really until their first day on set. You know what I mean? Um, and they're so seasoned and so experience yeah. i felt more intimidated talking to them at times okay. i'm like what am who am i i don't know what the hell i'm doing you know what i mean like i know this story really well and this community but i'm not a this is my first time doing it. and they knew that you know they know that i'm green in that way but they were all not only respectful but just like you know what can i do different like this is what i was thinking but what do you think and you know, which was really comforting to know that yeah. they not only brought something to, because I'm most, I mean, any good actor is going to bring something to it, an right. idea. But from what I've heard, sometimes actors are like, no, I'm doing it this yeah. way. Yeah. You know what, what I mean? What was the word we used with Chris Reed? Cooperation. You yeah. always get the best when you cooperate. Yeah. When the director and the actor, you're cooperating. And you said something that would disarm me as an actor. If, if I'm working for you and I'm telling your story, and you say, and I'm running the lines, and you and you go, just, just tell your story, like th that. You're gonna get the best out of any actor if it's not like Aaron Sorkin's note for note. And there are people that can deliver that way, but they're better writer, writers than me too. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, you know right. what I mean. I, listen, I watched it sober as a judge this morning, and I came out of it impressed. I, I was expecting nothing hit me where I'm like, fuck this. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, watch it again. Maybe it will the second no, time. It was great. I'm telling yeah, you, the DP, the DP you. did a good the job. DP's amazing. You know, it's, I mean, that's, uh, I'm going to give him a quick shout out. His name's Logan Fulton. I met Logan. We, uh, I, I co created and hosted a NFL network series for two years uh, in 18 and, well, I guess it came out in 19 and 20. We shot it in 18 and 19, though. Um, before COVID killed that show, like it killed a lot of things and people. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, but it was, uh, like an Anthony Bourdain style, go to an NFL city. The city's the main character, learn about how football helps the community and people, you know, current players, former players, community leaders, like talk, sitting down, having a beer, having some food, talking and all that. And Logan was a DP for that. And then I found out, and he was young, like the first season we were shooting, I think he turned 24 on set. Oh my God. Yeah. But then I found out he shot the Rodman doc and he'd already shot. This was his MVP was his fourth or fifth feature. Okay. So like he'd done, and you know, now I think he's 27 now, maybe 28. I mean, he's still, still young. It's a 27. Yeah. Geez. But when he shot this, he was, yeah. When he, I think he was 25 when we went to camera, maybe 26. And not only the experience, he just has an incredible eye. We have a really good rapport. Like he just, he just understands what I want and, you know, quickly and, I remember one night we went up that 
don't know if you remember this conversation with with uh, Jim, the Dan Loria. Dan Loria plays the character up on the rooftop. Um, he's asking about have I you know when's the last time I saw my mom and yeah, all that stuff. Home. We're you know that's a night. It's at night, and I wanted this in the background between us. I wanted this sign, this Los Burritos down on Sunset. I love it dude. between us. What like and and the way I explained it before they went up because we just finished something downstairs. I guess I didn't make that clear. And they were shooting the other way. And I went up there and I was like, I knew we were crushed on time and the crew's been up there lighting it and setting it up. And I was like, that was the only time where I was like, Logan, this is completely wrong. This is just bad. Like I want, I want to shoot in that way and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he took a breath and was like, all right, like, well, you know, just give me, I need like an hour, you know, but we'll fix it yeah. and just make sure you guys are ready to go because I know we're up against it right now. We got an early morning tomorrow and you know, that all those things that happen. <laughs> You're on- always up against it. Yeah. Yeah. There's never enough, so we time, almost, never we enough money. It. We were going to shoot it just in a, a, a one or just a two shot, yeah. you know, at the whole scene. And we did that and we got through it so quick. Like the first take or second take, we were done with that. And I was like, all right, let's shoot. We got time. Let's just come on. Let's get covered. Let's get, let's get it. More. The yeah. only movie where you have enough time in the world and budget is Maverick with starring Tom Cruise. You could just shoot it for 15 years and fly a helicopter. You can commute there in a helicopter. Yeah. One of my buddies in that movie goes, dude, it's, it's the amount of money they spent on that. Oh, thing. we didn't have $200 million, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. Well, dude, here's another funny thing. Like, um, I'm obsessed with the old television show Columbo. Oh yeah. And I love Peter Falk. Peter Falk's a legend. But the thing I Is he still alive? Did he pass? He did pass. I think he passed, yeah. And the glass eyes, Long oh, Island, dude. he's this frumpy Stug. guy. But I, I watched one this morning and, and I watched it because I watched your movie. And when you watch Columbo, they show LA, man. The old LA. And that is a I don't know if you did it on purpose, but oh, yeah. it's charming. Well it's a it's LA just like in that show indivisible i was talking about you know i told logan at the beginning we had this conversation i'm like la is a main character in this okay. loved it because part of it's like from the veteran side when would you ever think of telling a story about a veteran in hollywood right like it's always going to be in small town iowa or something yeah, you know there's nothing wrong with that but like that's the kind of I the, loved the it, standard dude. deal and i was like let's let's shoot it here let's set it here but also with everything going on right now you know with you know the, the amount of the homelessness and that mm-hmm. that like shining a little bit of light or at least seeing that because this guy's living in a shelter but that's not just veterans there's a lot of people so yeah, yeah. we you know we're shooting those scenes in skid row when he's running downtown and yeah yeah well, um, where was the theater we, we, first of all i love the relationship you have with the girl because your your character z is just so fucking close up i mean just so i mean tighter than a fucking dog's ass i mean it's fucking guy is tight you know, when he farts, only dogs hear it. Uh, I mean, I fucking loved it. But when you go to that movie theater, was was that the one on Hollywood Boulevard, The Emperor? What was That's in the American Legion as well. Get out of here, dude. It's a date. I'm going to the American Legion with you. <laughs> Beautiful. Be- I, before Christmas, we're going. Ready? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't. I'm like looking at that place and I'm going, because what's the one on Hollywood? It's a tinier theater. It's at the Emperor Theater. It, oh, it's, it's on the south side of the street of Hollywood Boulevard. Egyptian, e- maybe? Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going, oh, I'm going to get this guy. It's the Egyptian. But I'm like, I don't think it is the Egyptian. That was yeah, the one that- It's in the Legion. They just, and they just remodeled it. I mean, it's they kept it classic. You know, there's a lot of it's still the same, but they just oh. remodeled it. It's huge. It's like 480 seats or something. I mean, it's it's an epic place. But that 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 whole building is iconic. I mean, we say that in the movie, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, the original Legion members are were- 
elite Hollywood actors, you know, around World War II. Um, it's crazy. Hey, yeah. show those pictures. Of, and by the way, who's the genius that decided to call the movie MVP? Because let me let you know this. I can't remember where I was yesterday. She told me the name of the movie was MVP. I found it in two seconds on Amazon. <laughs> that is really good marketing. Who, did you decide that or the producer? Because it's very smart. We, we, that was always the working title because that's what it's about. Um, but we just were like, I don't know. I, I remember talking to Braden, uh, and talking to some of the other producers on it. And there was other thoughts and ideas. Cause that even the character named Zephyr came in later. Originally it was based. So the story, the background, the backstory of this guy is based on, um, two of our MVP members who are now national staff members. And one of those guys, uh, we originally had named that character after him, but it's not just his story. It's so many people's stories. And so we were like, well, let's come up with something different. And his name was also, and he has an interesting name. And so I was like, we want to find an interesting, unique name. And then I, I thought of, of, of Zephyr. Um, and it turns out it means, it literally means soft, gentle breeze. Yeah. And I the love opposite you, your of mom's a hippie. Yeah. And I love that you're embarrassed to say it to the chick. So you say you're Z. I mean, yeah, all yeah, these yeah. subtle things, dude. I don't know I if you did them on purpose or it was just natural, great charming things well yeah obviously natural great charming things yeah, like, what, <laughs> come on because <laughs> i do i do fancy myself a pretty good critic like i watch you know weird artsy stuff like the lobster and sexy beast but then i also binge watch sons of anarchy i love excess calories right you know there's nothing like you know life is hard enough for this guy i need some escape People are like, you don't rea like reality shows? Fuck that. My life's a reality show. Right, I want right. to go see some shit blow up. Like, uh, but <laughs> I, I see everything. I was really, really, really impressed. I appreciate that. That means a lot. If there's I, any, really is there does. any other names that we need to know? Because then I, I got to talk to you about Kaepernick, and then I, I won't yeah. keep you long. No, you're good. You're good. So, yeah, I mean, beyond, uh, beyond that, like, I mean, just to have... To have Randy Couture, who's, you know, he's a veteran and also a six-time UFC champ. champ. Um, and a, he's on our board at MVP. He's like one of those members. Obviously, to have Jay. I mean, Jay, like you said, everybody knows him. Um, but he also just opened so many doors. I mean, we filmed in his gym. We filmed at his house that's supposed to be somebody else's house. But everyone's still like, that's Jay's house, right? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, with the cigars. Um, and then, you know, Jared Bunch, who's in that scene as well. First round draft pick by the Giants, uh, played four years in the league, yeah. and then you know derailed the injuries, and for him to move forward, you know, real tough. Um, Dina Shihabi, who plays that's the the Zephyr's love interest, she's yeah, yeah. incredible. She was uh, she was uh, nominated for best supporting actress actress for uh, the Critics Choice Awards in uh, Jack Ryan season one. You know, I mean, like oh, all these people. Yeah, yeah. I was reckoning. Yeah. I thought IMDb like sniffing around. Yeah, but I mean, the coolest. <laughs> They're sniffing around. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, Dan Loria, dad on the Wonder Years, played Lombardi on Broadway. You know what I mean? Ah, um, he does it's, look it, like Lombardi. It's, it's endless. It's endless. But he, uh, but the, the coolest part of it, and I said it before, but to me was the crew was mostly veterans. The only department head that wasn't a vet, and this was pointed out to me by Logan, the DP, was Logan. He's the only mm. department head that was not a veteran. Uh, so many of the crew and obviously every cast member is played by a real vet and most of them are real members of mvp like they're it was all great just, man. it was cool so and the dude, another thing about jay glazer is i'm a huge i'm a huge philadelphia sports fan all the four major sports but um 
he did a special uh, on Fox with Lane Johnson. Yeah, Lane's a good guy. And uh, and they, dude, it was pretty brave that he said he had he had some mental issues of yep. anxiety and depression, and Lane did too. And I I have to think that just admitting it and saying it out loud has got to be fifty percent of the battle. I think so. I, I really, I believe that. We believe that at MVP because that's really what we stress is like, just talk, let's just talk about it. Let's just get it out. You, you put it out in the atmosphere. Um, people are going to hear you. People are going to, uh, especially in our community, are going to rally around you. But more than that, if you're just courageous enough to just say, I need help, because that's one thing banging into our heads, especially as men, it's like, no, you got to do, you, you don't need help. Do it. You know, don't ask for directions. You know what I mean? Just t tough it out. Tough it out. Tough Nate, it out. I cried three times during the movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm nice. very sensitive. I, I'm a Taurus and I'm going to the Legion with you. Not with that necklace. You're not. No, nah, but we appreciate it. I mean, that's, but you're exactly right. Like Lane is one of those people, man. There's, it's becoming more common in, in, amongst these elite athletes to just, and to, to, to say that everybody feels that at times it's normal, normalizing that. And then not saying like, I'm just going to be okay, uh, uh, living like this and feeling this way. And like, I'm not, I'm not just going to settle for that. I want to work myself out of it, but the first step in anything, you know, is admitting there's an issue there yeah, and then working towards it and trying to solve it and trying to figure it out. And, and there's no reason to ever try to do that alone. And that's and what most people are about. supportive, especially in 2022. Yeah. If you say, I feel this way, I have a problem. It, you're, I would say 95% of your friends want to help you. They're not going to bust yeah. your balls. You know what I mean? They're yeah. going to try to. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't go away, man. The more you, you just, sit on it and hold it in it just eats you from the inside out eats right. you alive dude not it's a good. mess now yeah. all right so i'm gonna leave you with this because i don't want to keep it I mean, we're, we are flying through it um let me get this straight about colin kaepernick so and you can correct me when i'm wrong because i'm going to give you what i think the truth was and then i'm going to tell you all the fucking fibs that i think are bullshit but i don't know first of all the guy played under jim hardball for San Francisco 49ers and made it to the Super Bowl, which is astonishing. Right? In his first year starting. Yeah. Right. And he came in midseason. It, yeah. yeah. It's 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 astonishing, right? He wants to do, and I want to make sure this is I'm gonna do Stephen A. Smith. I want to make sure this is perfectly clear. Um <laughs> he wants to do a peaceful protest against police brutality. Am I right or wrong? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he doesn't want to offend anybody, and he confides in you because you had a relationship and said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think is the best version of a peaceful protest so that I can get my message across without offending people? Am I right so far? Uh, mostly. Let me, let me just interject real quick. So he's sitting on the bench. Right, he'd already been protesting. Already been I, yeah, yeah, two yeah. games, maybe three. Okay. Uh, but no uh, one had noticed, right? Or no one had noticed until the one before, like the week before I met him. Okay, the week before I met him, there was a reporter um, in San Francisco noticed, asked him, "Are you? Is there a reason you're sitting?" And he said, "Yeah, there is. You know, I'm I'm not going to stand for a flag that oppresses black people and people of color." Is what he said. Then he explained further that was taken out of context. First of all, and there wasn't a, a further explanation of what he's actually protesting which was police brutality you know law enforcement officers not being held accountable uh or i guess law enforcement 
agency's not holding their, their officers accountable when they do wrongful things. They're put on administrative paid leave often. And it was like, not a great look. I'm not going to lie. I, I agree. And most officers that I know, I know a lot of people in law enforcement, they hate seeing that shit. Just like of course. there's plenty of dirt bags in the military or people that in a situation made a critically wrong decision and need to pay the consequences. Like right. you, it's a responsibility. You are doing that job, taking on that, uh, taking on that responsibility, like volunteering, enlisting to do that. There's a lot that comes with that, you know, um, including, including repercussions when you do wrong. And so I heard this interview, um, obviously it caught fire this, him sitting once it was out, why he was doing it. Uh, it's in the middle of the Hillary Trump, Hillary Trump. Hillary Trump election. I mean, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be funny if they got married? You know, wouldn't that be cute? Uh, um, Let's fucking email. <laughs> God, God. But, uh, but you know, I mean, so it's the middle of that. It's already dividing, t- divisive times. Yeah, and, big time. Um, I got hit up from CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, all of them asking if I would come on and do an interview or do, I think, go on and debate is what they wanted me to do. Go on and like debate why he's right or why he's wrong and blah, 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 blah. Because, oh, Nate was in the military and he played football. He must be the authority on the uh, what to do during the anthem. You know what I mean? At a football game. Um, and I didn't want to do that because I obviously, I mean, not obviously, but I personally, um, I don't have a side in the matter. It wasn't a side thing to take. Right. It was like, I feel a certain way about the anthem, the flag, uh, because of my relationship with them. And uh, I have a lot of pride in those things. I mean, I carried my best friend who was in a casket draped in an American flag. And so like, that means something very sacred to me, for sure. special to me. When I hear the anthem, the one, the one game I was on the sideline for, uh, with the Seahawks, when the anthem played, I cried when it played because it was just an emotional moment for me. Um, and I grew up a Niner fan, you know, yeah. and I grew up, I have a Kaepernick signed football in my parents' house. that says, God bless our troops on it. You know what I mean? Like all these things. Right. Wow. And so what I ended up doing is writing an open letter to the army times cap read it as well as a lot of other people and was inspired to reach out from it so he reached out and said you know would you come meet me down uh before the next their, their final preseason game that that year he's starting that game it's military appreciation night because we're approaching 9 11 this is in uh 2016 and i said yeah so i, I mean i came went from la down to san diego met with him and that's you know where you're at now it's pretty much correct like he had this conversation he said look i don't want to offend people in the military is there a different way you think i can protest and i was like no matter what you do some people are going to be offended in my opinion and i don't speak for the military or the veteran community but i think sitting on the bench isolated by yourself isn't the most inspiring thing i feel like you should be alongside your teammates mm-hmm. and colin was like well i, I don't i mean i'm not going to stand i've committed to not standing until things change i'm not going to do that and i was like well what if you took a knee and he thought it was actually more powerful. Um, Eric Reed joined us at that meeting um, and him and Eric uh, took a knee that night. We'd actually discussed, uh, honestly, we discussed uh, me kneeling with them. And I honestly thought about it because I wanted to show that I was supporting them. But it was just such a tough like thing for me to get past and think about Brad keys the guy that yeah, passed away yeah, yeah. for instance um the casket i carried and so many others that it meant a great deal a buddy of mine texted me uh that had just left the tarmac um in up in uh, jblm in uh, 
uh, Fort Lewis in Washington. And one of our uh, guys from first special forces group, his casket was, you know, just yeah. taken off the plane and he was standing next to his wife. And he's like, I'm just, <sighs> you know, I'm just thinking about all these things. And I'm like, I just can't do this. I don't know if you remember later that year when the Steelers, maybe it was the next year, but the Steelers were going to stay in the locker room during the anthem. And then uh, Andrew Villanueva, their their uh, yeah. left tackle, who went to West Point, he came out of the tunnel during the anthem, even though he wasn't supposed to, kind of went against what Coach Tomlin had said. But he was like, I was getting texts from Rangers, like, you better, you yeah, better be out there. It's yeah. a brotherhood. And it's a brotherhood. So it's like, I felt like that similar situation. It was like, I can't. I can't do that. And I mean, I texted them and said, like, I, you know, I'm, I'll stand next to you. Um, but, and so that's what I did. I stood next to him. And, and, but for the record, um, kneeling or even genuflecting is kind of a sacred position anyway. It's not like he was giving the finger or like, you know, no, it, agreed. it was kind of like, a, for me, I, I, I thought it was like he was just showing a different type of reverence. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, and I mean, I, I, it was he, a respect. But then uh, Trump fucked it all up. Oh, yeah. I mean, he did fuck it all up, yeah. dude. He was like, he hates the military. I'm like, what? Yeah. I and mean, not only did he never say that, he actually said the opposite of that. In, exactly. a, in an interview long before he took a knee, you know, a week, week, at least a week before, saying, I've got a great respect for men and women in the military. One of his best friends, uh, I believe, was a SEAL and was, you know, stationed at Coronado across the water from where we were sitting in that hotel. And, you know, that stuff mattered to him. And so... Granted, not everything that Colin Kaepernick has said and done, I agree with, and I guarantee not everything I've said and done, he agrees with. Sure, but like that's okay. Like, we don't have to agree on everything. To that's have. America, man. That's yeah. a good thing. You can still be friends. Yeah, exactly. That's where we got we exactly. got to steer into that, people. Yeah. Do I still have a friendship? No, I mean, I mean, not we're not enemies. I hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we haven't. Uh, no, I haven't spoken to him for quite some time. Like you know, through the rest of that season, we stayed in touch, um, and and then just kind of went, you know different ways or whatever but like not in not not on bad terms yeah. or anything like that and um you know it's just one of those things that i think there's a lot of misunderstandings about not only that day but just about him um and and beyond you know moving forward a lot of misunderstandings about that and then just the media changing the narrative telling the oh. story i mean he's, he's i know he's doing and i'm not a part of it so i'm not sure how it's gonna what the story it's gonna tell essentially but I know he's working on a documentary with Spike Lee right now, telling it in his words, his way. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, I think that's important. I think he should. It is important. You know, so, yeah. Uh, interesting stuff for sure. Um, you know, it will forever be, I guess, probably debated at some level. I don't know if it will forever. Maybe not. Maybe at some point we'll, well kind of let that go. Let's get out of this year. We're the United States of America, Indeed. not the divisive states of America. Very We're true. allowed to disagree. Sure. But in my opinion, and I get yelled at for all the time, I think we're the best country in the world. We are the best we're country We're not the in best the country in the world. Your education's, you know what? I love it here. Yeah. Fuck it. No, I mean, we. there's a reason a lot of people want to be here. Um, we are, in a lot of ways, there's always an argument to everything, but in a lot of ways, we are the most uh, um, diverse country in the world. We really are. When it, yeah. Diversity of thought, belief, you can speak it, you can say anything um we're not perfect for sure like we have a lot to work on uh and our history is not perfect for sure <laughs> you know yeah, but we can't be judged for that because it was a different time 
we are more evolved people now. I agree, but we still, I think we still can be judged as long as, but as long as we are working to not only correct that, change that and evolve, like you just mentioned, yes. like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like what the other things that we stand for um, beyond that are uh, inspiring things to a lot of people in a lot of parts of the world. For sure. Don't have it. I mean, we are a beacon of hope to a lot of people. And what's the most important thing about history? There's two things about it. One is not to repeat the bad history. And two is to learn from it. Right. We can't just erase it. You have to remember it. You have to feel that so that if you're inclined to make the wrong decision again, you go, wait a second. There was a guy named Hitler. He liked dogs too. You can't, you know what I mean? You, you can't think that way. You, you, you got to remember that and go, fuck, I'm, I'm thinking the wrong way here. Somebody thought this way. It's not correct. I'm more evolved. I'm. Uh, I want to be enlightened. I want to be inspired. I want to love and laugh. I want to get rid of hate, and I want to get rid of divisiveness and separating. And you want to be together. You know that's why I got into music. Harmony. We can all be together. Yeah. Yeah. Nate, where can we watch MVP? You can watch MVP on uh, currently on Amazon Prime, on Apple TV, uh, pretty much anywhere. A video on demand is available. It is out there. So. I encourage everybody to go watch it, um, experience it, share about it, review it. Even if you don't like it, just tell the truth. That's what we try to do. And as far as emerging vets and players, the organization, uh, go to vetsandplayers.org. And if you know veterans uh, or athletes, former professional athletes in your community, that would this organization would resonate with, tell them about it, share it with them too. Because uh, we're, we're continuing to, to grow and build. We're coming up on our seventh anniversary and we've got eight chapters around the country but we want to be everywhere and, and we'll get there but we need help that's great man i'm really happy for you i thought Thank the movie so was much. great dude I, I i wish you nothing but continued success and i want to make sure this is uh documented that on your next film uh my name is tim bader <laughs> that's my imdb uh dot com name but i also have to say this i have to in in closing because First of all, I'm a degenerate on betting racehorses. I love horses beyond comprehension. It's, a, it's an illness, but <laughs> I'm watching you, and I go, oh, my God, this guy's grooming. I love horses. He's, he's, he's grooming them, feeding them, and riding them. And I go, as I'm looking at this guy, I go, I'm looking at Nate right now. He's got a beard. He's riding horses. I go, this guy could be on Yellowstone. Do we know Taylor Sheridan? Because your ass could be on that fucking show. <laughs> I, 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 uh, no, I don't know him. I, I, uh, I actually read for it like three did years ago. Really? I yeah. did too. I didn't get the part. Wait, what part? Um, uh, I don't even remember. Like Honestly, I read yeah, it yeah, like yeah, some yeah. asshole. They yeah, lock yeah. up and I put my cattle guards down. They beat the shit out of me. That's yeah. always the part that I get. Just, you know, you could just yeah. remember. No, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I had an, I, I was actually shooting something um in september or august august i guess uh so i missed out on an opportunity for uh um lioness one of the new taylor sheridan shows mm -hmm. uh, dude, but there's so many that. out there right i now. love them all salones tulsa king now i'm dying to see it but i it's gotta see i have paramount network yeah with dish because i'm i still fucking channel surf because yeah. i'm ancient <laughs> and i don't want to pay 995 uh, you got, my cable bills are astonishing. I have to tell you this story before you leave, too. It's just super important to wrap this up with your cable bills. Yeah. Oh, no. Hold, please. Because my 93-year-old father, who has all my passwords, can only activate them through his um, remote, where you can just say what you want to watch. 
So every month, my bill, I, I spend $2.99 on the original John Wick because he buys it. He's John Wick. It costs me $2.99. He watches like half of it. Channel surfs, you know, watches the fucking news, or, and then he watches more John Wick. I go, Dad, did you watch this fucking movie 15 times? <laughs> cost me like fucking 30 bucks, dude. I'm like, I'll send you a Blu-ray. That's funny. Speaking of horses real quick, and racehorses particularly, my dad is a retired racehorse veterinarian. So, yeah. Whoa, what, same last name? Yeah. Boyer? Yeah. Uh, what track? Golden Gate Fields. Oh, because you're from Pleasanton too, yeah. and they have Pleasanton. <laughs> they have they they have yeah yeah, yeah. the uh, the fairgrounds near there. Yeah, yeah. dude, I, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. does he have any tips? <laughs> Don't gamble on horse racing. Ah, you out of my please. Hey, a year ago from last August, I'm at Barney's Beanery. I risk a hundred and ninety dollars at Del Mar Racecourse. He says risk. I don't. <laughs> I, I risk. Don't I don't gamble. I risk. I, I risk, and I won a hundred and ninety thousand. That's a score, and I've won a half a million at Hollywood He's Park. No joke. That, oh my I'm god! Serious. Now the interesting thing I would love to talk to your father about is I. When I was when I first got into horse racing, God, we're go, I gotta let this guy go. Uh, Ted West and the West family were trainers, and Ted would let me look at horses and would tell me who looked the most sound. So if I look at the track and there's a forty-five to one shot that's sound, I have no fear. I will pound them. You know what I mean? Because they're banged up just like football players. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? They got dings, and then sometimes they get a three-week layoff. And they're feeling fresh, dude. The ears are pricked. The hop, the fucking, the heads down. It's like LeBron throwing up the fucking sauce. And I'm just like, boom, boom, I do want to see a sport. Barney's being in the afternoon watching him bet horses is like, oh, that's great. The most uh, uh, hold on. I, I'll make here. a deal. Hold, please. Yeah. I'll make a deal. I would be, oh, Zany Juice. That's the, that's the all time. I'm going to send him a video. <laughs> if you take me to Legion, I'll take you to my luxury box in Del Mar. All right deal that's a deal that's a done deal all right the Maybe. funny thing about the funny thing about about what you're talking about there and you're just remembering those wins you know True. in professional sports <laughs> and in the, in the veterans and military you talk to these guys all they remember is what they didn't do with the losses that, oh. that's all they re- in gambling you only remember oh, the wins well that, that's the you know, that's the difference between a gambler and a, a risker uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, if i'm thinking about the losses i have no conscience on the losses <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, sometimes I look at my Bank of America, it's like minus 5,700, and I'm just like, what happened here? <laughs> By the way, I, I answer every Bank of America survey, like, you're the best bank ever, <laughs> patient, very accommodating, <laughs> fucking cool colors, America's in your name, like, every time they ask me to take a survey, I'll take an hour survey on the phone, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, but, but that's the other thing, like, the worst thing that ever happened, I just gotta keep going. I did not gamble for nine months, and I only bet sports. I'm going to make this quick. Michael Silver takes me to Hollywood Park on a Friday when I'm broke here in Hollywood, like 99, 2000. He hands me a $200 ticket on the five horse. Kent DeSomo was the one running. Ted West was a trainer. I go, Mike, I don't gamble anymore. I just retired. He goes, well, then you can cash the ticket. Just take, keep the 200 bucks. This horse is winning. Well, <laughs> I'm fucking hanging on to it. Top of the stretch, Kent cha-ching, bada-bing, DeSomo blasts off. That two hundred is like twelve hundred and sixty bucks, which to me at that point is like finding magic beans. <laughs> <laughs> All over. And then I was done. I've been chasing dragons forever. 
But I have to say, the late, great Norm MacDonald. These beers are hitting me. <laughs> the late, great Norm MacDonald said, uh, hey, uh, gambling's the only vice that, uh, that can make you fabulously rich. Take that, crack cocaine. <laughs> That's name drop. Nate Boyer, MVP, Amazon. Go get it. This guy's great. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks.